Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with Cheese. I'm your host, Cheese, a.k.a. Adrian. And my guest here today is once again, Wes Melanson. Wes, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Cheese. How about yourself? I'm doing really good. So good. Wes here is a returning guest here on the on the podcast. Once again, if you guys didn't listen to the episode between me and him, he's like one of my best friends. He's also uh, the co-host of the Mic Drop Pod. And yeah, so the purpose of this episode is to go over our thoughts on the Golden State Warriors when the, the 2022 NBA Finals, like, you know, take, you know, go over it takes like our take on the series. And then we're going to cover the NFL by covering the NFC North, which that includes the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. And then after that, we'll just wrap up. Wes, how does that sound to you? I like it. Can't wait. So, Wes, before we go over, you know, the Golden State Warriors going like winning the 2022 NBA Finals. So can you uh, give us an update about when we should expect another episode of the Mic Drop Pod since it's been a while, Wes? Yeah, I don't know. We haven't really talked much about it with uh, my co-host, Joe. Um, we've been kind of running around everywhere. He, he coaches baseball in the summer, so he can't really do it until late at night. I got to be up for work early in the morning. So we're trying to figure that out and kind of just not being – at school and it's a little bit harder to do it when you got to do it over zoom and um both times don't work but we're gonna try to work that out and figure it out soon hopefully soon yeah hopefully but hey at least by school time right once school yeah starts. that's what we're hoping for that's what we're hoping for okay guys you heard it you know if you want like you know more sports, uh, sports content you know once again once they uh, release new episodes you can you know go to their page so Wes, tell me what do you so obviously we all knew Everyone knows at this point that the, the Golden State Warriors won the 22, uh, 2022 NBA Finals. Wes, what do you have to like say about this? Well, geez, I'm going to be honest. I think that I really had not a bad take, but like when I was talking last time I was on uh, the Talks of Cheese podcast, I said that it's kind of easier to like the Golden State Warriors now. And I take that back 100%. They kind of like obviously became the villain again. But I think that also the Celtics are just too young right now, I think, is what the biggest thing came down to, that the experience of the Golden State Warriors was just too tough to match up with. Um, I mean, the Celtics went to a couple game sevens, and so we knew that they were going to be tired, they are going to be wore out. But I think that, like, the experience of the Golden State Warriors and that core that we know of, like Draymond, Clay, Steph, Andrew Wiggins even, and I mean, even Looney, all their starting five, they're like, they're – older been around the block a little bit i know obviously those top three guys were the guys from the previous championship that they've had um that they've had oh what is it now four four championships for the golden state warriors yeah it's their fourth title in eight years that's crazy that's a dynasty right there oh yeah so my i was right about my prediction Wes. so i said warriors and six and then the nba finals mvp i was right as well and that was steph curry Attaboy. And then you said Warriors in six on your mind, but by, uh, no, yeah, what'd you say? Yeah, in my heart, in my heart, I knew that it was going to be the Warriors in six, but I really wanted the Celtics one in seven. But you had Clay. Yeah, and Clay, and Clay sucked. Not sucked, but he was not. He was not the Clay of, yeah, he was not the Clay of the Western Conference uh, finals that we saw, that we saw he's going to come in hot. But you know who really stepped up for the Golden State Warriors? And I think that if he's not on this team, they don't win the finals. It's Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he had a heck of a series. 
And even like even if he didn't produce much on the offensive end in some games and some points, he'd lock down Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum couldn't score, couldn't get by him, couldn't do anything, and really affected the game in many ways. So I think the unsung hero is Andrew Wiggins of this uh, Golden State Warriors team. But like you said, Cheese, you were correct. Steph Curry wins his um, NBA Finals MVP, well-deserved, title number four. It's pretty insane what the Warriors are doing right now. Yeah, yeah, he just has a lot of hardware alone in that in that year alone because he also won, you know, the All-Star MVP and also won the Western Conference Finals MVP as well. You know what I'm saying, Wes? That's just yeah, a yeah, he's really crazy year. And what's what's interesting is that, what was it, last year they were like the worst team in basketball or two years yeah, ago? Two years ago for sure, they were yeah. the worst team in the NBA. Which is crazy, and I knew they dealt with injuries, obviously. Like this team was still – like the core of this team was still the same. They just weren't playing. Mm-hmm. But it's in, it's like interesting and cool to see that they are able to just change like that. You know what I'm saying? Like just in a snap of a finger, um, one season to another, they stuck with their guys, went out and got Wiggins, brought him in. It was a huge piece for them, like I said earlier. Obviously, their role players like Gary Payton was huge. Um, and I think that – and obviously Jordan Poole, another guy that was huge as a role player. This Warriors team is going to be kind of scary, I think, for the next couple of years. They can keep all these guys together. Exactly, exactly. Wes. So um, I was listening to Colin Conward, right, because he's one of my favorite, like, sports analysis, yeah. like, in TV. And he was saying that, you know, he loved the fact that, you know, like, you know how they also had those horrible two years in the past couple of years, right, Wes? Right, right. So, like, like Steph could have said, you know, screw this. I'm, I want to go to another team. Draymond could have right. said the same thing. Clay could have said, screw this. I want to leave another team. But, no, they all knew each other very well. They trusted the process, you know. They, you know what I'm saying? They were there for the downs, but they were there for the highs, you know what I'm saying? And then the fact that they have a great front office to give them, like, you know, the developing players they needed on their bench and then, like, and then, like, you know, take make some trades, like, get the Andrew Wiggins. And the fact that they have Steve Kerr as such a great head coach, take all those factors into combination. We all knew that this was coming because even Steph Curry said last year, last year for his exit interview saying, hey, you know, you better watch out for us next year. Yeah, like you said, I think they have, like, almost every single part that's needed to, like, create a great NBA franchise. They have it. They have a great coach. They have a great star player. They have great front office. They bring young guys in that can help. Like you said, she's like, they are are scary, and they showed that this year. So I'm just kind of interested to see what's going to happen with them in the offseason and see if they still do, like you said, Colin Coward said, they still bought in to this, like, we're here for the lows and we're here for the highs. I wonder if that's going to continue after this fourth title. Oh, yeah, I, I exactly. And I have a friend named Kai that I met Purdue. Shout out to Kai. He's from the Bay Area. And then obviously with him being from the Bay Area, he's a very big, like, Golden State fan. And oh, he's sure. like, and then with him being such a bigger fan than us, Wes, obviously, he said yeah. that their GM is willing to spend whatever amount of money they need to keep between this core because we all heard reports saying like you know Wiggins wants to bag right right Paul wants to bag or you know yeah you, gotta, yeah. you know keep uh Draymond or Thompson you know yeah. in the mix Wes so what's your take Yo, on yeah. this about yeah, the offseason uh moves yeah I think that if they are able to pay those guys I mean why wouldn't you you know what I'm saying I just don't understand I just don't really know if he's going to be able to pay all those guys all that money because like you said we saw Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole talking to each other saying like, we're going to get a bag. Like we're going to get this. We're going to get that. It's going to be hard. I know it's, they say 
they are willing to spend this money, but like it's the concept of if they have the money or not. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just pull out a money out of thin air. I don't know what their money is looking like. I have no idea. I'm not that too into it. But yeah, if the GM's wanting to keep this team together, like why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try to go back to back? Go for a three P. Go for all this. Keep going and going and going to be able to become another dynasty. Like they they are a dynasty right now, but like why wouldn't you just try to keep that going? And I like that if if the GM's got enough money to pay him, why wouldn't you pay him? I agree with that 100%, Cheese. Yeah, I mean, especially with uh, Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond being all becoming, like, you know, getting, like, to that age, you know what I'm saying? Yep. They might yep. as well make the best of the experience within, like, what, these next two, three years before the other teams in the league, like the Bucks, the Phoenix Suns, the Clippers. Celtics. Yeah, Celtics, you know what I'm saying? Really take over. And, like, yeah, really take over the league, you know, before – you know, those guys get, like, not washed, but, like, you know, get old and not perform where they can perform, like, compared to back in the day. Right, 100%. I'm, I I agree. No no doubt about it. I think that the core for this team, like you said, she's getting older. We've seen them been around for however many years. And now the younger teams are starting to come up. They're starting to compete more. They're starting to have better role players around their young core star guys. So, like you said, she's – Whatever they can do to make the most out of their experiences for the next couple of years, why wouldn't you do it and stick around? Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, all we can do is just wait and see how far they yep. can take this, like, dynasty, like, into this, like, great dynasty that it, that already existed. So, talking yep. about the Celtics, right, like I said to you, Wes, last episode, no matter win or law, lose, I'm proud of these Celtics. You know, they had a hard fight going to the playoffs. They were, like, you know, go-getters. They wouldn't give up. So, you know, on your take about that, what was, like, you know, what went wrong for the Celtics in your opinion? I think that they were, like, honestly just tired. Like, they had to go through, like, a whole bunch of trials and tribulations all throughout the playoffs. We've seen them go to, what, two game sevens, and we've seen them, like, have to play arguably – I mean, they swept them, but arguably the best team in the NBA entering the playoffs in the Brooklyn Nets – in the first round. Yeah, like, the, 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 the championship favorites. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, like, struck, like, not limp through the playoffs, but, like, they were in the trenches. They were battling day in, day out. I think that that just kind of wore them out. And also, them being so young, not having any experience in the, these, like, NBA playoff formats and NBA finals, like, atmospheres, I think definitely put an effect on these guys because we know – the Warriors have been around the block a couple times. They were ready to see what's going to happen, and they knew what was going to happen. So I think that just experience and maybe even fatigue affected these Boston Celtics. What do you think? I agree with you that on West. Like th- West, thank you for bringing up the fatigue part. I guess I didn't really think about that when, like you know, when taking on this take. But my take, West, is that you know I think the turnovers killed Boston. You know, well yeah, and, that too. Yeah, yeah, and I think it correlates with. With the fatigue, you know, yeah. you can get fatigued. You're gonna get careless with you're your passes. You're gonna play a little bit worse. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna be. You're gonna be like a little careless compared to like the other team. You know. 100%. And then, and uh, yeah, I just feel like. Uh, and also, I feel like the lack of leadership. I feel like you know, obviously, we all know that Marcus Smart's like the core leader in that team. But obviously, we all know that he can't do it all. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I wish not, I could. He's honestly saw... not the best player, so it's hard to have him be like the leader leader all the time you know what i'm saying yeah i just wish i could have saw more leadership from jason tatum or jalen brown but look again you know this is their first time in this like you know 
whole big postseason ride all the way to the finals. So hopefully they can learn from their mistakes and then learn from their past experiences. So that way they can redeem themselves to win a championship for them to bring Boston a championship in the next five years. Yeah, I agree. I think that one person in particular, I think Jalen Brown did step up a little bit. He just didn't do enough. I think that uh, Jason Tatum was a shocker in these NBA uh, finals that he didn't really perform that well. Like we said, like I said, that, that he was being guarded by Andrew Wiggins, which is very tough and a hard task to get over. But, like, if you're going to be the best player on your team and the best scorer, you have to come up in these big-time games. And he just kind of wasn't around as much as we thought he would be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And then another reason why I feel like the Celtics, like, you know, lost these finals was, uh, you know, just the Warriors' offense was just too good. Cause yeah, had, they're good. I mean, yes, yes. Steph Curry averaging thirty points a game during the finals, which was a big reason why that he won the MVP finals. You know, yeah. And then also the so Boston finally realized after three games, okay, if we go hard on Steph Curry, if we double team him and do all these defensive strategies on him to guard him, then you know it would make other people to uh, shoot the ball. You know, but right. uh, you know that didn't work because you know your boy Andrew Wiggins stepped up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Wiggins was a huge piece for them that he just came up big time play after big time play. I mean, and like I said, Clay didn't play very well. So, I mean, it was a lot of the times that Steph Curry wasn't performing like we thought he could or he wasn't scoring like he was all serious. It was Andrew Wiggins stepping up. And, yeah, it was kind of just impressive to see that whole team kind of figure out their roles this late in the season and just be able to perform and win an NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like you all said, you know, respect to them for when, you know, their fourth ring in eight years. 100%, you know, 100%. We have to respect the uh, dynasty of it. And also another disappointment was to add on to your point was uh, Draymond wasn't good at all. He, but even though he did step up on, on, um, on his defense, like the last two games. Yeah. I mean, and he, we've really kind of seen Draymond kind of fall off on his offensive performance quite a bit in the past couple of years. So that really wasn't a super big surprise to me, but yeah, like you said, Clay didn't perform very well and neither did Draymond, but they still got the job done because Steph and Andrew Wiggins were just that much better. And also Jordan Poole had a heck of a series. Oh dude, his sh- shots and yeah. the three pointers he made was yeah, crazy. Man. And I can't wait to see more of those moments like that later in the future. That's why I love this league so much because, like, you know, the future is set. You know, when guys, so like, bright. When, Le- when guys like LeBron or Russ retire. Curry. Curry. Yeah. Uh, Clay, you know, just, we all know that, you know, the league's still going to be entertaining. And then we know that, you know, once we have kids in the future, you know, they're going to be entertained as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good spot. It's in a good spot, The uh, league is going to be very bright here in the future, and I'm very excited to see where it goes. Yeah, you, it's just one of those things that we just cherish, you know, just because we're sports fans, you know. Have to, yeah. And then so before I go over anything else, I just want to mention, Wes, to you, man, I love watching guys like Gary Payton too, you know, yeah. Gary Payton the second, because like guys like him and Jose Alvarado from New Orleans, they play so damn hard to earn a spa. To earn them like a legit spot and a, like you know for them to earn like a long term contract to play in the NBA for a while since though their like journeys to the NBA were way different compared to like you know a lottery pick like Jaw or like Zion or like Steph. So Wes, like tell me your take about like players like those that like have nothing to lose to play for. Like when they play excellent defense, they play everything that their coach tells them to do. Yeah, I think that's obviously very kind of 
I would almost say thankless job in the NBA because we're always, always talking about Steph, LeBron, the big name guys that are always playing and performing well each night and just scoring a lot of points. Like the guys, like you said, Gary Payne, Alvarado, those guys, they don't get as much recognition. But like, but even when Alvarado was playing against Chris Paul, Chris Paul was talking about his defense and he was telling him how impressive it was. It was like very, like he's playing hard. I think that like Gary Payne's a lot like that too, is being from Oklahoma State, it's very hard to get into where you need to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's yeah, not exactly. going to be a he's not going to be a top five pick. He's not going to be one of those guys. He's got to work his way up through the ranks and understand. Okay, this is who I am now. I'm not the number one option. I have to find my role and stick to that role. And I think that that's a very thankless job in the NBA, and I think that that's something that is very needed in a championship team like the Warriors. And like I think it's a lot like I mean I'm honestly it's kind of like Patrick Williams. For uh, the Celtics, he was like kind of a no-name guy, came, came from the woodworks. And, I mean, I know he's obviously a bigger contributor than Gary Payton and Alvarado are, really, honestly. But, like, it's just interesting to see that those guys that are, like, kind of, like, we're going balls to the wall defensively. We're going to do what's need to be done. And I don't care if it's – if I'm scoring points. I don't care if I'm doing this. I want to win. I want to win championships. I think that's a big-time thing to have for a championship roster in the NBA. Yeah, like you know, the like those guys like them, they just have a chip in the shoulder. They said we need to give it. 100%. Love the way they play. Yeah, they, they, we we need to give it hundred percent as possible, or else you know if we don't if we half ass it, right? We're gonna get sent back to the G League, you know, and no right. one wants that. You know what I'm saying? We all yeah, want 100%. to play at the biggest level of the game, you know, and get the bag. Most important, you know what I'm saying? And make yeah. a name by ourselves, like yeah. Gary Payton did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he did. He was huge in that NBA Finals, and like honestly the only guys that really came off the bench and contributed for the Warriors were Gary Payton and Jordan Poole. Honestly, if you think about it, like contributed a lot and really were kind of in front of everything and like being a big reason they won. So like being a seventh man for an NBA finals team and being Gary Payton and doing exactly what he needs to do every single time he comes out and plays like that's perfect role for him. That's what he needs to do every time, time in, time out. And like you said, she's stay out of the G League and just find his contracts and let's go. Yeah, man. I, I you know, no disagreement right there. And I just, and like I said, I can't wait to like watch guys like him and Alvarado next year to see how they, you know, develop even more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then so Wes, um, two last questions before we move on to covering the NFC North. So the first question is the what's your very early finals prediction for next year so for me oh gosh like i've got three good teams because you can say more than one team right okay i have either the celtics the okay. bucks okay or the clippers to win okay. next year okay i think I, I think i mean i don't i think i mean the bucks are always in it i think the suns could be a team that could obviously come back and because they were tough this year and i mean if they get healthy don't come at me or anything but like if they get Kyrie the Lakers like they can always like make a run with LeBron on their team you know what I'm saying yeah like chemistry between Braun and yeah. Kyrie so Kyrie. I would think like the Bucks the Suns and the Lakers maybe I don't know it's way too early for me to think about even yeah, I'm not it's, even it's sure. the very early finals prediction you know what I'm saying yeah yeah just yeah. saying for shits and googles you know right I like it so what do you think about the Clippers though you know what I'm saying because we should expect a, a healthy Kawhi Leonard you know and when that man's yep. healthy, you don't want to see him healthy. You know what I'm saying? And PG played tough this year. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So if we get those two healthy, big deep. They're going to be tough. They're going to yeah. be tough. 
I hope they just work to work out together because, like you said, when they signed that deal, remember that? Like everyone was shocked. What was oh, going yeah. on? We didn't have any idea what was happening. So we haven't really seen that full potential that we thought we were going to be able to see like early. So I think that that's going to be something that is going to be very fun to watch. And I mean, don't count them out. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, like you said, Wes, they haven't really played to their full potential because, because one, if not the other have, has always been hurt. It's just, they haven't really been healthy for a a pretty much for like a 90% full season. You know what I'm saying? And your boy, I know your boy Luke Kennard from Duke is a good role player to help those guys out. Yeah, he will be. He'll he, he's probably yeah, he he'll be a pretty good three point shooter. He'll probably shoot, I don't know, 45% for three and just be like your guy that can maybe lock down defensively every once in a while. Um, definitely help you scoring. So yeah, he's he's gonna be a good role player. He's a little bit like a Gary Payton guy, not as physical and intimidating on defense, but like I mean, he's a guy that's gonna be a role player and do whatever just needed for them to win. Yeah, let's just hope, you know, that, you know, he's, you know, knows his role and then, you know, develops more into the offseason. Just like, oh, yeah. you know, we would see. I'm sure from, he will. Just like we would see in, like, any other player we wouldn't want to see improve. But anyways, right. the last question of this, you know, NBA's finals take. Wes, so do you think the pre-KD days and the post-KD Warriors days are more fun to watch over the KD days when Kevin Durant was with the Warriors? Oh, I mean, it was really fun to watch the Warriors like right when they started to come on the scene, like when it was just kind of like the guys they drafted, the guys that they came up with, the guys that kind of developed this whole roster, this whole organization, that was fun to watch. And then when KD came, yeah, yeah, whatever. That was just a guaranteed ring. That's all. I know. That's what, that's what I'm saying. So I would say, yes, like the pre and even post, because we, like we talked about, they were like the worst team in the league two years ago. And now they won the NBA finals. So I think that, yeah, I would say that the pre and post were a lot more entertaining to watch and more fun to watch in the KD days, even though it was like kind of like a reality TV show because <laughs> like we saw like, I mean, dudes were all going at it, like KD's ring chasing, which he he was. I'm a KD fan. I just kind of wish he would have stayed and done his duties. Um, but like, obviously you can't go back and change it. But yeah, I think the pre and post, Warriors are more like fun to watch and easier to root for than KD Warriors. What do you think? I agree, Wes. Like, I mean, the K- even though we all know the the pre, whether it was KD or not, the Warriors were still good because you you still have you know one of the best shooter duos shooters duos in history, which is like the Splash Brothers. But yeah. like in the even in the pre and post KD days, they still had challenges in them. But with KD, they had no challenge, which made like the league no fun to watch. Yeah, that's it. Was always like okay. And that was when the Cavs were, like, always battling out with them, too. Like, you knew that that's kind of who was going to meet. And it was just like, okay, this isn't really getting any fun. Really not enjoying watching these games. And that kind of hurt the NBA a lot. But, I mean, now it's back in full swing. Oh, yeah, I'm just thankful it's like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. It's a business, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No disagreement. So, Wes, let's move on to NFL. Guys, so I want to keep continuing on with my – Road to the NFL 2022-2023 uh, 2023 season, where I cover each division in the episode. And then uh, for this episode, we're going to be covering the NFC North. And then once again, the teams that are involved in the NFC North are the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. So, Wes, before we talk about the division, I really wanted to ask you this question on this podcast. So, Wes, sure. the question is, before we dive into the NFC North, is that what are, top, what are the top three players you want to see healthy all season? Oh, all season for the NFL? 
Yeah, you know, Ooh. those players are always just injury yeah, problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would say, I mean, even though everyone knows this, that's listened to the last one, I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan, NFC East guy. But honestly, Saquon, I mean, that's one off the bat that I can think of because he's been hurt all the time. Another guy that's kind of similar to him is uh, McCaffrey. Uh, and then what's another – what's a third guy? I mean, I don't know. I would say – There has to be one guy at least. You're an NFL dude. I know, but, I mean, it's hard, but I'm not expecting this. Uh, I don't know, Debo, staying healthy all year and being okay. able to perform all the way. What do you think? Oh, I like I like your pick, you know. You know, Saquon, you know. Like, like okay, I'm going to give mix the two into one. Saquon and CMC – when we saw their like when they were healthy, like in one of their seasons, they were in the league, you know, full, yeah. fully. It was so much fun to watch. So I wish they can be healthy for next year, so the league can be more funner to watch than ever. And then you said, right. what was that? Their one? Oh. I said Debo because like we have we've only really seen one full season of him, and now he wants a zillion dollars. So yeah, I kind of want to see him prove himself again. I mean, I consider Debo as like a top ten receiver, and you know, he's a fun I receiver to so, watch. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, like he's it. definitely a top five player. A top five receiver, I think. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, it's tough to argue that. But I'm just saying he's only had one really like full year, and then mm-hmm. he wants a whole bunch of money. Yeah, and he doesn't want to be. A, he wants to have a different workload. It's I don't know. It is yeah, it's like the hyper position. But anyways, well, that's my three players. I want to see it healthy all season. Is George Kittle? Yeah, because he's like other than Travis Kelsey, he's like me, my favorite like tight end in the league. He can do literally everything you want in the tight end that a coach can't complain about. He's one of the best run blockers in the league. He's a really great route runner. And then, yeah, he's just a reliable player on your team. My second one is going to be like a college bias, but Raheem, my boy, Raheem Moster from Miami Dolphins now. Used to be with Niners, but, hey, he's a Purdue alumni. Shout out. Right. I think, dude, like this guy's so much fun. He's like one of the fastest guys in the league when healthy. But I think he had the it. fastest touchdown last year, right? I oh, think NFL Plus is, I think he had like the fastest touchdown run last year. Yeah, so it's pretty impressive. Either him or Taylor, but yeah, I do remember that. So yeah, it's just like, dude, I want to see him play. Okay, I think we should expect him to play more because he'd be the RB2 this season when he's in Miami because he'd be Chase Emmons, right? Yeah. So hopefully, you know, he less likely to get hurt this time. Yeah. My third one, it would be Paris Campbell from the Colts. Yeah. So whenever one. we did, so I mean, for this one, I'm being like, Colts bias right here, but dude, when he got his shot, he made the best. It's just that when he did get his shot, he would get hurt, right? And then really, yeah. and then really next year for me, I mean for Colts fans, he couldn't really help that receiver receiver group to help Ryan, Matt Ryan to be comfortable in the team. Yeah. But anyway, Wes, heading to the NFC North, the Packers have won three straight division titles. Wes, what's your records? What's your what do you have on the standings for your uh, projections. So do you want, so I'll do, you want me to do first to last or last to first? First to last. Okay. So winning division re- records included yep, yep, this time. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so winning the division for the fourth straight year, the green Bay Packers, I have them a regular season um, record of 10 and seven, and then a division record of five and one. And then in second place of the NFC North, I have the Minnesota Vikings at a regular season record of eight and nine and a division record of three and three. And then I have the Lions of a regular season record of six and 11 and a division record of two and four. 
And then I have in last place the Chicago Bears with three and fourteen regular season record and two and four division record. Wow. Yep. A little bit different than yours. Somewhat How's similar, that? but different. Okay. I was gonna say the the standings, but the records with those. I was teams. gonna say the standings about <laughs> cut. I think. I mean, it is crazy because the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Uh, like season, like their schedule is hard. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they are. It's tough. We're gonna get into that. So my standings, right? So the Green Bay Packers at twelve and five. Their division record is five and one. Yep. Second place is the Minnesota Vikings, which I have them going 10 and 7. Their division record is 4 and 2. My third place is Detroit Lions, which I have them going to 6 and 11, and their division record being 2 and 4. And last place, which we all expected, the Chicago Bears is going 4 and 13, the division going 1 and 5. So Jeez, our 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 records aren't that different. It's like a two-game max difference. Okay, I guess what I was trying to say, Wes, I thought you were going to have the Minnesota Vikings winning more games. But we get to the Minnesota Vikings later. So, Wes, let's talk about why we both think why the Packers deserve to be first place. I think it's just, honestly, being in a division that's really not that strong. Like, we talked about these four teams are not very, like, in my opinion, not very good. Um, but I think that just having the back-to-back MVP of Aaron Rodgers, I think having him – around with a new wide receiver of Watson or what's his name? Watson, right? Um, From North Dakota state. Christian Watson. Yeah. Christian Watson. Yep. yep. So I think having him around is going to elevate his game and kind of challenge Aaron Rodgers to be like, okay, we know what you are with Devonte Adams. Now he's gone. This little young guy show us you can do it. I think that him being around is going to prove Aaron Rodgers that he has to perform uh, very well to um, win this division. I think he's going to. I think that the weapons they have of, like, Jones in the backfield, Dylan in the backfield, obviously Tunyon, I think is going to be a big asset for them too. So it's interesting to see kind of it's a different dynamic for the Packers this year, but I think it's going to be the same old, same old, them winning the NFC North by a decent margin and not really being too, like, worried and shook up about it. Okay, Wes, so – you said that, you know, you're loving the Packers offense, right? So, please tell me, Wes, who, since, like, in my take, since Rodgers don't have a, a guaranteed security blanket and chemistry that he has with a weapon in the offense since you've relied on Adams the past couple of years, who do you think is, his, like, quote-unquote security blanket? I think it's got to be Tunyon, right? The tight end. I think that he's been around Aaron Rodgers for the past few years. I think that he's kind of proven himself that he is a – I would almost say, like, I mean, top half tight ends. I mean, it's not anything like George Kittle or anything, but, like, him being around, being knowing the offense, knowing the scheme, knowing what Aaron Rodgers wants out of him, I think it's going to be a huge thing for him. But I think that Watson's going to be good. Like, I I think that he's going to be a guy that he's going to be able to go to halfway through the year. Like you said, he's not going to be a security blanket, but he's going to be a guy that I think that's going to earn Rodgers' trust and that he finally they finally got him a weapon. Green Bay finally picked a wide receiver to help him. And I think that it's going to be um, interesting to see kind of what they do. Yeah, I mean, I do agree. Like, you know, the I think the Packers did trade up to the second round just to get him, you know. Yeah, but they passed on him in the first, I think. Yeah, but either way, they got him, you know, which yep, is good news. They got him a weapon, so that's all that matters, right? I mean, yeah, I feel like it would take, since he's a rookie, I think it's going to take him a couple weeks to get into the groove. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To, like, his form. That's what I said about halfway through the year, I think that they're – that. If it, if he's going to be that guy, like, going to be, like, their number one wide receiver option and that, like you said, security blanket, like, 
he's gonna have to prove himself ha- at least halfway through the year. Yeah, right. And then uh, got Wes. Um, you know what this guy reminds me of, which I, I agree with with all the facts you said about this guy. It's that you know he's gonna be good. You know who he reminds me of, honestly. Who's that? Mike Evans. They're both six five. They're I can both, see that. Yeah. Yeah. They're both linky. They're both fast. They're both strong. Good. Both strong. Yeah. Good have wing wingspan to really catch those like you know deep passes that may be a little overthrown. You know. Yeah, jump balls. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he can bring to that. He looks like a very good athlete. So yeah. Just, yeah, like see, you said, I'm excited. To see what uh, he can bring to the Green Bay offense. And honestly, with you know how you said, you know, it may take him like, you know, half the season to find his guru. Yeah. Well, I feel like their defense, uh, the Packers defense is solid as they can be. It's just like the offense has to be consistent for them to win the, right. this division. You know what I'm saying? Well, right. you all said that, you know, the division is not like challenging. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. they, they, they can make a few mistakes here and there, but you know what I'm saying? It's just really up to the, the offense, in my opinion, that can that has to be consistent for them to win as many games as they can, you know, because they have Agreed. a good defense. And also, here's an underrated move that Green Bay did. So they improved their special teams because you knew their special teams was ass, especially during the postseason <laughs> when they lost <laughs> yeah. against the Niners. They yeah. um, hired uh, Raiders' former interim head coach, yeah. uh, Rick Bisacci. So what do you think about yeah. that? I think that that's a great move. I mean, I was shocked that he didn't get the Raiders job, like, honestly, wholeheartedly. I thought that, that it was, like, a for-sure lock. I mean, everybody in that locker room wanted him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a big get for them. I think that he's going to be an upgrade for them. Like you said, I mean, Crosby was even had a terrible year last year. So, if they can get him turned back around, back on the right track, and uh, the kicker and the place kicker that we know him to be, I think they're going to be in a huge help. Yeah, yeah. I feel like as long as, like, you know, they, you know, they perform and not, like, you know, let up any games, you know, they should be fine. Agreed. So, moving on to the Minnesota uh, Minnesota Vikings, excuse me. So, um, Wes, what's your take on them? Like, why do you think they uh, – you said they were, like, what? What's their record, you said? I think I said eight and nine. Why do you have them as a losing record? We're going to get so to, like, tough take against this. I'm going to be honest. I think that at the quarterback spot, they are below average. I think that Cousins is, I mean, not the greatest quarterback. And I think he hasn't proven to me very much that he is kind of the guy for them. I think that obviously we know Justin Jefferson is a huge part of that offense and their defense is decent and they've uh, upgraded their safety defensive backfield by getting seen in the first round. I understand that, but I just don't really – like there's, they have like a few games that are like kind of tough. Like obviously that we know they play the Packers. Obviously that's in there. Twice their, a year. Yep. I'm just saying like week one, they play them all right off the bat. I think that's going to be tough. I mean, then they play Dolphins, the Cardinals, the Patriots. I mean, the Colts, they have, they have a decently tough schedule. So I think that it's just, and I mean, it could either, it could go like either way. It could go from like, I think they could go from like, they they sh- they probably will end up having a winning record, but like I think that some of these games like they are gonna struggle with. Well, Wes, well, you know, just have to disagree with you on this. So honestly, I don't think Kirk Cousins is actually not a, ba- a back QB. Oh, However, bad. he is hella overpaid. One year yeah, for thirty five million dollars, way too much money. You know, like Justin Herbert should be getting that money, not him. You know what I'm saying? And also, right. he's not a quarterback like him, like a dynamic quarterback like him or Stafford or Josh Allen. But he had a low-key good season in the 2021-2022 season because his complete percentage was 66.3%, 
has he went he threw for over 4200 yards his touchdown interception ratio was 33 and 7 so he threw 33 touchdowns seven interceptions that's not bad so my take was the reason why they were not so good last year because i didn't like because of mike zimmer i feel like there was coaching issues they you know they had a horrible defense and then the you know their offense wasn't wasn't the best but however this past offseason they improved on the defense by getting some free agent you know moves you know by signing some key players and by drafting some players to help them in the defense and then you know the only thing I'm still worried about heading into this year, Wes, is their offensive line. Yeah, I mean, their offensive line is terrible. But honestly, Cheese, if I had Justin Jefferson, I could be able to almost throw those numbers. Like, the dude just throws in to him every single time. I mean, You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, they have Dovin Cook to help them. He's a top five running back. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. No. <laughs> Whatever. No, I don't think so. Not okay. top five. But yeah, we he's top got- ten. He's top half. He's not. He is not top five. I think he's a top five running back. So, and then, okay, Wes, okay, what do you think about this new coaching staff with Kevin O'Connell from the offensive coordinator from the Rams? What's your take on this um, from that side and what he can bring to that team? Yeah, I mean, like Mike Zimmer. Said, yeah, Zimmer was definitely a defensive guy, and that obviously hurt them quite a bit because, I mean, one, when you're a defensive-minded head coach and your defense is terrible, that's not going to go very good with your players. But, yeah, like you said, she's from Rams. Um, we saw what they can do. We saw that they score a whole bunch. They win. So they won last year a lot. So, I mean, obviously they won the Super Bowl. So that really helps them out a lot on the offensive side. I think that um, that's what they need for uh, that young core tight, um, like those tight guys in front. And I think that that's what they need. Yeah, I feel like uh, O'Connell can really, you know, develop Cousins into, you know, an improved quarterback, even though he's a veteran at this point. But still, you know, you can never be perfect in the league, especially, you know, looking at Cousins, you know? Yeah. So, and, and then even, you know, we have the Packers win this division. I feel like, you know, worst case scenario, they're going to get a, uh, a wildcard spot, worst case. Because, you know, the NFC is pretty, a pretty open conference, way compared to the AFC this year. Yeah, I agree. So you have no takes on that or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, but I mean, I think I definitely agree that the AFC is a lot closer and a lot tighter and a lot tougher than the NFC. Oh, yeah. By a billion. I mean, All right. it's close. All right, Wes, we'll see. We'll see how the Vikings do. So I can, you know, maybe preview. Are wrong. you a Vikings fan? Like, I'm like, shocked right now. You're <laughs> no, defending them I just them think they have, really, they have a really talented offense with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook. I know. Yeah. Those are two. Those are two top 10 wide receivers. I could throw those numbers almost. Hey, you know, talent's talent, man. Well, you know, I can't wait to prove <laughs> your Kirk Cousins doesn't have very much of that. <laughs> All right, let's move on before we get into any more, like, arguments. So, Chicago Bears, no, I mean, the Detroit Lions, man. Let's let's hear your take on why you think they're third place. I can't wait to talk about this team. I mean, I think it's because, one, how much they improved in the draft. And, two, I think it's also because I just love Dan Campbell. Like, his philosophy of just being, like, kind of tough nose, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're going to do, like, we're just going to play you tough. I think that's something that's going to take a few years to kind of get in, and it was his second year this year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be starting to turn the tide a little bit for uh, the Detroit Lions. I mean, obviously, we know uh, Goff being at quarterback is kind of, eh, we don't know for sure. But I think that how much they improved in the draft and how good of a draft they had, it's going to help them out a lot. I mean, their schedule's not that tough, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Wes, you obviously heard me saying taking them at six to eleven, which, which, like you know, basically they're gonna double their wins because they won three games last yeah. season. But anyways, Wes, um, I want to ask you this: 
So do you think with we all know this is like still a rebuilding year for them? Do you think they're gonna rush Jameson Williams back into the the to like the team to suit up or not? You think they're gonna take their time and think long term? I mean, I would assume they'd think long term, right? I mean, a first round pick, obviously, I think entering the draft, if he wasn't if he didn't have that torn ACL, I think he's the best wide receiver in the draft. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Okay. I was just saying I didn't know if we had that same opinion or not. Because I agree. I mean, there's a lot of I mean, those Ohio State wide receivers, there was a whole bunch of that, and I didn't. I didn't. Like I thought Jay, I thought Williams was the most the most established ready receiver. I did to too. To, I did too. To go to the I league. thought the Eagles. I thought the Eagles would pick him honestly, and then that whole fiasco happened in the draft. But yeah, I think that you have to think long term, don't you? Like, I mean, you have your guy that's going to be the cornerstone of your defense, and Aiden Hutchinson that you also drafted in this draft class, and you have time to kind of figure out that quarterbacking issue. Like, if Jared Goff is not the guy, which I doubt he is. Like next year's this upcoming draft is going to be like quarterback heavy that you oh, can yeah. maybe decide to find someone and bring that in and then have Jameson Williams be kind of like a Justin Jefferson type guy who I see, a, in my opinion, a pretty big resemblance in between the two. So I think that having a good quarterback and being able to be fully healthy and ready to rock, I think is going to be huge for Williams. Yeah, Wes, there's no rush for the Lions yeah, I, to, I don't think to rush back him. Like into the season, like I can see him like taking this whole year off. It wouldn't not surprise me one bit because like they know we all said once again their playoff chances in this division are like pretty low. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. you know, especially with the Vikings and Packers. You know, always going head to head to get into you know the playoffs or win the division the past right. three or four years. So talking about Hutchinson was, I think in my opinion he would make a quick impact along with his leadership, just like into the team, just like Chase Young's rookie year back. Um, yeah, what do you I think? I agree. Yeah, I think I think like what Chase Young was able to do with the Commanders, um, his first year, um, was Back very. It was called the Washington Football Team. Well, now it's the Commanders. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's like you gotta be, you gotta be politically, politically nice. correct, Politi- <laughs> politically correct, and up to date on your facts. Jeez. All right, how about that? <laughs> I'm just joking. Then, uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be. He's gonna like I said, he's gonna be the cornerstone of this offense. I mean, you picked him very high, um, and he's kind of like. He was a Michigan guy, so he's kind of been around. So you know, and he's just exactly what Dan Campbell wants um, out of his or his defense. And I think that's going to be very impressive to watch him and just see him get after the quarterback in an NFL game. I think it's going to be interesting to see how well his skills transfer. I think they're going to transfer perfectly fine, like you said. She's. I think he's going to make an immediate impact, but it's going to be fun to watch. Oh yeah. And like you said, like we said, uh, we both agreed on this, even off like off air, that uh, you know this whole team loves Dean Campbell. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Hutchinson oh, yeah. is a really how good. How do you not? How do yeah, you exactly. Not? His just even the season they had last year, he just made up positive as ever. Yeah, yeah, still bought in. Uh huh. And then uh, yeah, and I think Hutchinson himself, he's such a humble and coachable player. You know what I'm saying? So yes. there's no doubt that I don't think he would not be a bust at all. No, no chance. So I'll be a, shocked if he is. Oh yeah, dude. I'll probably not cry, but like be. Like, Whoa, damn. geez. Not, be, not cry, but like, be like, damn. Like kind of like. Geez, you have you have, more a, like, you have a huge love for the NFC North, is what I'm figuring out today. <laughs> Shut up, Wes. No, <laughs> no. There be other divisions we're gonna cover, which you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more in love with. But anyways, yeah, but I doubt you cry if they're. Never mind. I'm like, <laughs> 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 okay, so Wes, like, um. Talk, more talking about along with the Lions, I feel like DeAndre Schrift has a potential for a breakout year. So I feel like yeah. he's a good power back for them. 
And he's a good catching back for them to really have a, what do you call it, for Jerry Goff to. Uh, like a little outlet? Outlet, yeah. So that way he doesn't get sacked as he did last year. Thank yeah, you. I agree. I mean, he's definitely a guy that's able to come out of the backfield. We saw what he could do in college um, in the big-time uh, college football playoffs. I think that he's a very good uh, running back that can help them a lot. I think, uh, like, the young talent of this team is very impressive. I mean, even, like, I know we didn't talk about this, but the defensive ends, like the defensive side of the ball, like Akuda is a very great player. Oh, yeah. Ohio State corner I think is going to be a big-time player for them that he needs to step up too. So, like you said, she's like, the young guys on this team have to be bought into Dan Campbell, and I think that they are. So I think that's going to be able to propel them to be able to, like you said, double their wins this season. Yep, agreed. And, Wes, I forgot to say, like, when you were saying about Jerry Goff, I do agree with, like, what you had to say about him. I think Jerry Goff has to play with, like, a nothing-to-lose attitude. Everyone, he's got to play balls to the wall. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that the Lions will most likely look for a franchise quarterback, like you said, and next year's little quarterback draft class and then you know yeah. and then you know let's hope right and hopefully he knows this like you know hopefully the season that he had last year it hit it was a wake-up call you know what i'm saying he can't he was like it looked like in his rams years he he uh relied so much on sean mcveigh you know what i'm saying he just yeah, has to like you know just step up he's like okay now i know i'm getting like 30 million dollars a year but i need to step up to at least play for a starting spot for next year. So that way the Lions do move on for him. Another team will like sign him. What do you think? Yeah, about I agree. I agree hundred percent. All right. So yeah, that, so that's our take on, on the Lions. So moving on <laughs> to the uh, last place bears. So Wes, what's your take on why we think that the bears are in last place? I mean, I think it's uh, kind of like a combination of things that like, obviously their defense took a hurt. Like, obviously, no Cleo Mack anymore. I think that Justin Fields is probably their guy for the future, but, like, it's very early, and he doesn't have that talented of an offensive line and really, honestly, weapons around him. I mean, Cole Komet is a good weapon for him, but I think it's just going to be, like, tough to have. And then, obviously, your boy is the coach now. Yeah, Matt, you please. Yep. And, but, like, he's a defensive-minded guy, so I think that's yeah. going to maybe could hurt uh, Jalen, or oh gosh, Justin Fields is um, like development a little bit, so that's kind of what also scares me a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. They're just so young and not very like super talented, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Wes, honestly, I mean, I know I'm cold. I mean, obviously, you know, I like Matt Eberflus, but I really yeah. thought, you know, they go offense. Yeah, I really thought that they were gonna get like an offensive guy, but you know, I was really surprised, and it doesn't help that you know, um, Chicago didn't give. I mean, the Frogs didn't give Chicago. I mean, Justin Fields, you know, any upgrades to the offensive line? They didn't really find that true replacement for Allen Robinson, which he lost yeah. to free agency to the Rams. Yep. yep. And then, um, yeah, and then I've looked at their schedule. You know, what I'm saying they it's they're tough. going against tough teams. It's tough. And then they're yeah with this non-established team they have, and yeah. then and like you said, they have a new head coach, Matt Flues. So it's going to take time. For him to you know get this team going, especially with not it being not established, right? And they also have a new GM, so yeah, I feel like this is just a rebuilding year. year for sure. Yeah, so there's not too much expectations I have for them for the season. So, any more thoughts about Chicago Bears, Wes? No, I just think like you said, she's. I think it's going to be like a developing and learning year for uh, the Chicago Bears. I think that. If they do those two things, though, it's probably a successful year for them, honestly. No matter what games they do, like like how many wins they have or what they do in the division, and I think that 
being able to say, okay, we grew as a team. Our quarterback is definitely the quarterback for the future. We have our defensive system down. We have guys that are going to be able to come in. We're going to be able to get free agency guys in here. So I think that that's the key for them to just kind of develop this year, not really worry about wins and losses because it's going to be a rough year for them. Yeah, so if you're a Bears fan, just don't have too much high expectations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, like you said, with, like, you know, like, Justin, we, they know that for Justin Fields is that guy, right? But this is, like, the year – this year and next year, I would say, is really the the time to find out if, if it's, this is their guy because they did trade up a lot, Wes, to get yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that wraps up, you know, the MC North, which with us both having the Green Bay Packers, you know, Winning the division, no surprise. White rest, no surprise at all. So yeah, so Wes, moving on, moving on is the cheesy question of the day. Wes, let's go, let's go. So you guys know the cheesy question of the day is like you know the one one of the last uh, you know off the wall questions of the episode. So today's cheesy question of the day is Wes, what is your biggest pet peeve at the gym? At the gym, excuse me. Oh, at the gym. Oh yeah. man. Let's hear it. I think I think it's re-racking your equipment the way it's supposed to be re-racked, if that makes sense. So, like, you know how you put your plates away? Like, you have, like, 45, 35, 25, 10, two and a half, and fives. I think if you, like, have those all interchanged, I think that also – that's a big pet peeve for me. And also, I would probably have to say it's up in the air between that and then not putting the dumbbells back in the right spots. What's oh, your, yeah. What's your, what's your biggest pet peeve at the gym? Oh, uh, well, so th- those things that I can see why, you know, especially knowing you, those would make yeah. th- those would bother you. But here's yeah. my pet peeve at the gym. So, like, say it's, it's a crowded gym, right? Right. It's peak time. And then, like, dude, whenever freaking people, like, say I want to use the squat rack, right? Whenever someone uses a machine or a rack for like, like nine sets, you know, when you're really supposed to do three, four, yeah. like, I was like, dude, come on, man. You know, it's yeah. a packed gym. Like, come on, please. Especially when yeah, overdoing, overdoing the, overdoing the sets. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. annoying. And one time was I was at the gym. It was once again crowded gym. This guy was using two machines at the same time, doing once again nine cents. I'm like, dude, come on. Dude, he's gotta figure it out. Exactly. I mean, yes, Sharing I get. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get it. Like, if it's an empty gym, do you? But come on, have some like courtesy. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right, that's a, that was you know that was a cheesy. I like it. Day. I like it. I like it. We're both gym bros over here. Oh, yeah. But Wes is more, than, you know, more uh, dedicated. But anyway. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, so expect, guys, guys expect uh, more of these, like, you know, road to the NFL segments. You know, we still got uh, more divisions to cover before the NFL season starts. You know, that's my goal, at least. And then, you know, for those movie slash TV fans, stay tuned for, you know, uh, Jurassic World movie review and my take on Miss Marvel. And then once again, Wes, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to like you know do this with me. And yeah, Wes. Yeah, thanks, Cheese, for having me. Uh, everybody, subscribe and like Talks with Cheese podcast. It's very fun to listen to and very fun to be on. So hopefully, you guys all liked our uh, NFC North predictions and uh, be excited to hear what Cheese has to say about all the rest of the NFL divisions. Yeah, and hopefully, you guys enjoyed our take on like you know our take on the NBA Finals. And then you can listen on, you can like, you know, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And thank you and peace. Peace.